preach a little bit, teach a little bit, talk to you a little bit about things that you perhaps know, but let's dig deeper in what you know. Let's dig deeper in what you know. Uh, I want to talk about the foundation of the Lord, the foundation of the Lord. And this is uh, a foundation that God provides, and it also is a, pro, a, a foundation that God is, that Jesus is a foundation. And uh, you know that uh, if you want to go high with the building, you need to go deep with your foundation. And uh, so let's read a few scriptures, Second Timothy chapter 2, verses 17 through 19. And uh, Paul talks about it, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the message of those detractors, those who uh, are preaching error. He said their message will spread like cancer, like gangrene. And he says Hymenus and Philetus are of this sort. They are, these were two uh, men in the church who were causing terrible problems. He says, who have strayed concerning the truth. They have deviated from the truth, strayed, saying that the resurrection is already past, and they overthrow the faith of some. He says, so this is what they do. And so he's telling Timothy to be on guard. And the way you are on guard with error or heresy is by the truth. And so just as Jesus himself is the antidote to perishing, the truth of Jesus, the truth that is in Jesus, is the antidote to heresy. And that's why the church must never again depart from the centrality of Christ. And if, if you and I live, and we are going to live, then the church will not do that because God is going to send us in every direction preaching the, the reality of Jesus Christ the centrality of Christ. So Paul tells him, even though these things are going on, he says, nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands sure. I love that. Stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And so he says, the, the foundation uh, of God stands sure stands sure having this seal. And so it means that the, the, the foundation can be depended upon. It, it, can, it can be built upon because the foundation is not something that began in time and space. It is something that began in eternity or is rather from eternity, from eternity. And so when we talk about foundation here, we, we talk about permanence. So the Lord wants you to understand that the one on whom you are constructed, you are built, is permanent. He is the Lord of glory, and he is from eternity, from everlasting to everlasting. He is God, and he is a sure foundation. Everything that you build on him will last. All right? So when God gave us his son, he gave us everything. He gave us everything he had. Amen. He gave us, you, you have everything that God has. That, that's a phenomenal statement, but it is a true statement. Now, I want you to open up your hearts and receive the engrafted word of God. Open up your hearts and, and be introduced to some change because I'm going to speak in, a, in some absolutes here. We're not the prize, and I've heard so much 
preaching and songs that were written that we are the prize, we are this and we are that. That's not accurate. We're not the prize. Christ Jesus is the prize. You have to understand that. You will never, ever be erect. You'll never grow properly. You will always have some wiggle and wobble in your, in your stride until you really know you ain't all that. I know that's terrible English, but it's good truth. All right. We are the recipients of God's enormous grace, mercy, redemption, salvation, so much more. We are the recipients of all that God has done, even righteousness. You and I have no ability to be righteous, but God declares us righteous based on our faith in Christ, and that is faith he gives us. We, we bring nothing to the table. God has brought it all. Oftentimes, Christians are made to think that we are even the blessing. But we are not the blessing. We are the blessed. I heard a message recently about, about man and man and who man is and, and how uh, great man is and all that. It was almost sickening because I thought, no, 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 no. God made man for a purpose, and you and I must fulfill the purpose for which we have been made. Amen. Amen. And so everything that we have is of him, through him, and to him. And that really gives us some understanding that everything that you and I have is from the Lord, it is through the Lord Jesus, and it is to him. And so that, that means that all of our blessings are encompassed in one place and one person, Jesus Christ. All of our blessings are encompassed there. They are enveloped there. Now, I will never get tired of preaching Christ. I, I love preaching Christ. My mom used to sing a song, I have found a Savior, and he is sweet, I know. And so this amazingly sweet Jesus, sweet Savior, this all-consuming fire Savior, this all-loving Savior is my friend. I was with Nathan this morning, and he was playing an old uh, CD of ours. And I, I, on the CD, I made a comment, and I said to Nathan, that's good preaching, Nathan. But I wasn't boasting in my preaching. I was boasting in the one who was preaching through me. Jesus is a great preacher because, because this is so amazing that, that God, the God of the universe, the God who knows where every blade of grass is, who knows that all of our names doesn't get them mixed up like parents do, you know. Hey, stop it, John, Don, Jim, Jay, you know, whatever. You know, he's not like that. But he knows everything. He knows all the planets, all the stars. They all have names. Yeah. He even knows that, that number of hairs on some of our heads. I was going to point to mine. But, I forgot. <laughs> but he knows the number. He knows what number fell out this morning. Or for some of us, the number that fell out last year. He knows those things. And the striking thing about that is I know him, and he knows me, and we talk. We interact. I mean, that's huge to me, and you need to let that be huge to you. This is the foundation on which we are being built. 
So God has bestowed upon you and upon me every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. That's amazing. He has given you every spiritual blessing. God cannot give you more than he's already given you. He has given you every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Wow. Therefore, you and I ought to give glory to God. We ought to exalt in the Father and be excited about God who has been so generous to us. He has been so generous to us. I want you to, to take these things and really internalize them. Don't listen like, oh, this is an old hat or, oh, I've heard it before. If you have, I ask you a question. What have you done with it? This is huge. I, I, I get so excited about the Lord. I, I don't think I'm an excitable person in the natural. I mean, you know, my wife and I used to would kid around when we were young people, and, and sometimes she would call me fuddy-duddy. You know, I mean, I just... I, I, <laughs> I mean, come on now. I need some friends in this place. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, because you know, I mean, I'm just who I am, you know. I think I'm a lot of fun, you know, when I'm not being a funny daddy. I'm just kind of cool about it. I'm not overly excited, even keel. But Jesus is exciting. Jesus is amazing. He animates us. He animates us. And so those of you who are so sophisticated, you know, that you never get excited about God because you're just a person of faith, you're fooling yourself. If God doesn't excite you, you don't know him. Amen. Amen. And hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to really get, just reacquaint yourself with God. Just, just, just get to know him. Just have a relationship with him that, that he's, as it were, comfortable waking you up in the morning, waking you up at night, middle of the night. He wants to talk to you. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. So Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is so amazing. He is this foundation through and on whom we build. And, we, and you and I, though we live in time and space, can build from eternity. That's huge. You tell me that God hasn't done something amazing. We can build from eternity to eternity, to eternity because we have entered his history. Wow, God, I thank you for that. Everything, everything significant in time and space must be built on the eternal and not the temporal. Not that stuff that's temporary. Everything outside of Christ is temporary. But God has given folks here, right in front of me, God has given you eternity. You don't have to waste your time with perishing things, corruptible things, because God has given you an incorruptible and imperishable foundation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Paul teaches us that those things which are seen are temporary. Those things which are seen are temporary. So you look around, everything that you see is temporary. I was in 2017. I was in Washington, D.C. For, for my niece's uh, graduation. And as I was driving through Washington, D.C., I, I saw grand buildings, grand, huge buildings. You, you've seen them there if you've been there. I was so, in a good sense, I was so proud. I was thinking, boy, I'm, I'm glad to be an American. Look at all these great structures, but they're temporary. It reminds me of, of the disciples when Jesus, uh, they were in the temple, and on the temple mountain, and, and those brothers saw, they said, look at this temple. It, it was 
uh, one of the great wonders of the world. And they said, look at this great temple. Oh, wow, Jesus, look at this. Look at what we have done for God. He says, you see all this stuff? There won't be one stone left upon another that not, will not be thrown down. He says, they'll be totally torn down. Why? Because the things which are seen are temporary. God has a better building than Solomon's temple. God has a better building than Herod's temple. Hallelujah. God is doing something good because, because the scripture says that the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands. So, so we know we're going somewhere. We're going somewhere when we know that the Most High doesn't dwell in things that we can construct with our hands. Hallelujah. Because the Most High he dwells in you. He dwells in you. He dwells in you. Ours, Jesus Christ, is that eternal foundation of which I'm speaking. And I want you to know, I was, we were recently in a particular conference, and we don't tell you where they are because we don't want to embarrass anybody, but we went to this conference, and of course, I was the main speaker in that conference, and we were, I was t teaching on Jesus and who Jesus is and what he has done and what he has done cannot be undone and just trying to get Christians more, more familiar, uh, to familiarize them with the Savior uh, who purchased them with his own blood on the tree. And uh, one of the, we have questions, comments, and somebody came and they, were, they made a nice, some nice comments. I, I, I'm not disparaging them. I'm not dis demeaning them. But they said, it's so good to be kind of put reminded of the basics every now and then. And something rose up in me. It was an anger, but it rose up in me. I thought, if you're talking about the basics as, a, as an elementary starting point to just get you familiar with somebody, I, that's not what I'm doing. And so I came back and I said, no, we're not teaching the basics. We're teaching foundational truth. We're teaching you who you are in this man Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is not just the basics. Hallelujah, somebody. Because with the basics sort of suggest or imply that something greater and more revelatory is coming. You start with one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four, and then you get into some stuff I can't even talk about. With brackets and and circles and symbols and, I mean, you know, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about God in Christ being your starting point. He's your starting point. He is the foundation on whom also not only we are built, but the foundation on whom we build. All of us who are of faith are created in him and built on him. Now, what does that mean? That means that your foundation must be Christ, and the building which we are is erected out of Christ. So Christ is the foundation, and Christ is the structure. That's big. So you and I, then we, we, we can safely say things like, no weapon formed against you can prosper. Why? Because it couldn't prosper against him. Not even death prospered against him. Death prospered against everybody but him. You may be here today and you say, well, this man has lost his mind. 
You haven't seen anything yet. I, I they lose my crazy mind to get a, the mind of Christ. You haven't seen anything yet. I'm, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And so we actually also grow out of Christ. Knowing these truths will fortify you and strengthen you against the schemes of the devil. See, the devil is us. He's a terrible being. He's sly, nasty. You know, he'll take something, something that you think is good in yourself and use it against you. Yep, he is no good. He's no good. He'll take your good looks that you didn't have anything to do with. You know, with somebody else's DNA you're walking, working with. And, and we're so silly, we're so arrogant to think that, that we are good looking. We're saying, well, it wasn't, you had nothing to do with it. I mean, God gave you some good DNA, now you look good, and you're going to be arrogant about it. The devil will use that against you. I've seen it. Knowing these truths will just, will just strengthen you. It, it, they will fortify you. They'll make you strong against those tricks of the devil. The knowledge of what the Father has done for us, that is done through Jesus Christ, will make you resilient in trials and tribulations. And what does that word resilient mean? It means that you'll go through pressing and compressing and, and, and stretching and being bent in all kinds of ways, but, but, but you come out of it and retain your shape. So that, so that there's no weapon formed against you can prosper. What he says is that, that the enemy meant it for evil, but God meant it for good because he wants you to know that there is no greater pressure, no pressure greater than his love for you. There's no pressure greater than what he has done for you. He wants you to know that. But sometimes we don't know that. We're just going, yeah, I think so, I think so. Just stop thinking. And just receive the, the truth of God. Receive the engrafted word of God. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I get so excited when I'm preaching. I, I do. I get excited. I, don't, I try not to be excited. I say, you know, I'm just going to teach. Yeah, maybe next time. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and look at some verses, uh, maybe 9 through 17 if we can. Are you there? 1 Corinthians 3, 9 through 17. He said, for we are God's fellow workers. Now, Paul is talking about himself, uh, an apostle of the Lord, and he is talking about the prophets and the apostles. They said, we are God's fellow workers, or we are working with God. Now, I don't know how you, you, you brothers and sisters feel about that, but that's big. I mean, to, to say that the Holy Spirit allows a man to say and be speaking the truth, we are working with God. Oh. I mean, if you were to tell me I'm working with the, the mayor or the governor, I'd be right, wow, thank you, Jesus. I, I'm working with a, the president. Oh, whoa. I'm doing what? But I'm working with God. I'm working with God because God is doing something eternal. The aforementioned are not doing things that are eternal. Amen. But God is doing something eternal. And Paul says, we are fellow workers. But listen to what he says about you, the congregation. You are God's field. You are God's building. So he says, you are the planting of the Lord. 
you are to be a producer. By definition, you are a producer. You're God's field. You are also God's building. So, so God has a foundation that is from eternity. It's nothing temporal. It's nothing earthly. The, the, the building materials are not angels. They're God himself. I mean, do you hear what I'm trying to say? I'm really trying to say it. I'm really trying to show you that you are always led in triumph. I'm really trying to say to you that no weapon formed against you. I'm trying to say to you that you are more than conquerors. That's what I'm trying to say. You are more than conquerors through him who loved you. You're super conquerors. That means that nothing in time and space can defeat you. Somebody goes, I don't feel like it. Wow. Let me keep preaching. Paul says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder or a great architect. He says, I have laid the foundation. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? So the preaching of Christ is, is the foundation for the church, for all believers, not just principles, rules that govern things. I know we like that. We like the five steps to this, the seven steps, the 10 steps. To me, that's, that's not good for me. If you want to do that, okay. But if you do that, go quickly to the principle because Jesus is the principle through whom those principles come. But don't preach principles and teach all these principles and there'll be people who will say, oh, wow, great. Oh, never heard anything like it. Rah, rah, rah. Don't believe them. Don't believe them. Because can you imagine? I've been married now over 50 years and I can tell you something about marriage. I can tell you something about females. I'm sure my wife could tell you something about males. But she doesn't have the platform. You know, can you imagine going to tell somebody, oh, my wife, uh, no, just say, when, uh, uh, you know, when I go home, I have clean, clean towels, clean sheets, uh, my, all my socks are washed, and, and my, my, my things are folded up, and I, I eat good meals, and wow, man, you know, you start to talk like that, sort of in the abstract, but you never tell anybody, your wife, and what her name is. She's not going to appreciate you. You know, you need to say, this is my wife, and her name is blah, 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 and this is what she does, and, and I just love her so much, and she does this for me, and she does that for me, and, uh, you know, that's what you want to do. Can you imagine people talking about Jesus but ashamed or too lazy to mention him? I, I, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I, I seriously don't get it. You know, I want everybody to know, I'm talking about Jesus, the Son of God. I'm talking about the sinless man. I'm talking about the one who died in my place for my mess-ups. And he's my hero. No, he's my hero. I'm not just saying that because I have an audience here. He is literally my hero. I wake up in the night thinking about him. And I'm so grateful, Jesus. But the Holy Spirit has done that. So what am I trying to say to you? I'm trying to say that Paul says we are laying this foundation. He says, and another builds on it. So we lay the foundation 
those of us who are preaching the gospel here, we're laying a foundation, and you are to build your lives on that. Now, if you don't trust that what we're saying is the truth, open the Bible up, be like a Berean, go through it. And if we're not telling the truth, then reject us and get yourself out of here. As Bishop Carmody said once, he says, when you find something, somebody like that, he said, don't walk away, run. And I say to run. Now, this is what Paul says to us. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Christ, which is Jesus Christ. So what he's saying to the church is that don't believe anything other than Christ. That's actually what he's saying. You have to hold on to that. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear. And so what he's saying is that those of us who are building our lives, don't build your life on things that are temporary. And don't build your life using useless things. That's what he's saying to us. Don't, be, don't use useless things. Now there's somebody, invariably somebody will walk out of here and just say, yeah, I know you said that, but. Yeah, they, they would change the direction of the message. Because, because gold, silver, and precious stones are talking about imperishable things. So you, are, you have access and you are, are the audience that is in the presence of God right now. And, and you have access to the things of God that are imperishable, that are not corruptible. You have, you have access to the eternal. Yeah. You have, you have access to God. God knows you. You know God. You talk to God. I have never talked to the governor or the president. I've never. They, they don't want to talk to me, I'm sure. But God likes talking to me. No. I'm not just saying something. But, but listen here. He says, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. So at the judgment seat of Christ, when Christ comes back, if our work endures, he says he's going to reward us. I don't know what the reward is. Some people say it's everlasting life. But he's given that to everybody. But there's something even, even, even a part of this everlasting life that I believe is, is so great that it has not... Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard. It hasn't entered into the heart of man. That's how good God is. Well, that's how good God is. He's amazing. And he's going to give us a reward. I don't want to live here and have a useless life. And you and I have an opportunity not to have a useless life. Because we hear the truth of God regularly, constantly. Hallelujah, somebody. But Paul says, you're not going to hell. He says, because if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So what he's saying to us is that, is that, yeah, if you're living a useless life, you're living for this life, this life only, you're living for this world, you want the accolades of men, you, you, that's what you're living for, you just want a lot of things and toys. He says, no, see, you'll be saved, but by fire. He says, it will be as though a great fire broke out in your house and you were running and it was just you know, whistling and you were running and you jumped out of the door and as you get, jumped out the door, even your skivvies were burned off. That's what he's painting that picture. So what kind of life? You, you know what you do every day. You know if you compromise at work. You, you know if you do that. You know if when you are with the, your buddies that you are really not Christian. You know that. 
You know, if, if, if you think nobody's looking, you'll do it, but you are naked before God. You know, they're useless things. In verse 16, he says, Paul says, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Now, I, I don't know how you feel about that. It really blesses me to know that, that I am individually a temple of God and collectively we are the temple of God and that God lives in us by his Spirit. Now, what does that say to you? That, that should inform you. That means that, that you're, you're, you win. That means that nothing can succeed really against you. But you have to stop feeling like whenever some difficulty happens that, no, this is going to be it. Because I used to feel like that when I was a young man. Oh, this is it, God. This is it. I'm going to fail you. I'm going to just make you. But everything that has come to destroy me is in the past. I'm trucking toward the future. Yeah. Yeah. And you are too. Come on, this foundation is amazing. This foundation is amazing. For the temple of God, Paul says, is holy, which temple you are. So you are set apart. You know, you may not feel set apart, but you're really special to set apart. You are the dwelling place of God. I mean, I mean, what doesn't excite us about that? You go, yeah, no, man, I'm the dwelling place of God. And <laughs> he ought to be really happy, I guess. <laughs> Come on, no. No, no, no. That's huge. That God wants to live in us. Wants to live in us. In case I don't get there, let me just say to you that it blesses me so that God would choose me. Now, I'm not so astounded that he chooses some of you, honestly, but I am so astounded that he would choose me. I am. I mean, it, it just boggles my mind. And, and that God wants fellowship. You see, God cannot be seen. The, the scripture says he in, is in the invisible. He lives in the invisible realm. Wow. Now, l let me read something in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 4. Again, Ephesians 1, 3 through 4. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so he's blessed us with eternity. Every spiritual blessing has already been given us in the heavenly places in Christ. And he says, in commensurate or equal to that, he says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Wow, so, so God chose us from eternity. Does that do anything? I mean, he, he chose you from eternity. Do you think, oh, God, you ought to be so fortunate that, that you got me? Is that the way you feel? Come on, God chose you from eternity. That means that we ought to give everything to God. He chose us to be his dwelling place because he's the God who cannot be seen. Jesus is, Paul teaches us, is the image of the invisible God. So when Jesus came, we never, nobody had ever seen God before, but God wanted us to see him and to know him. And you and I are blessed. We are extremely fortunate we have a history of God walking with our brothers and our sisters. That's huge to me. Now, this informs my life. I wanted to inform your life. This is huge. Now, listen. He says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. What did he choose us for, Paul? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. And so I have a destination. I have a destination. I'm, I'm on a journey to where I will be totally separated, not only in my 
conscious conduct, but all throughout my being, I will be totally, totally free from this crazy stuff. Yeah, I will be set apart. I will be blameless before him in love. And that God chose us, he called us, he selected us, he elected us, he picked us out. That blesses me. Blesses me. Maybe you don't know what you were before. Nah, you didn't come to church this morning to get beat up. So, so, so just listen. And, and if you run out when I get to the first part, you may be, leave beat up. But hold on. Remember Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. Remember that you were once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised, uncovenanted, barbarians, crazy. That's what that means. That at that time you were without Christ. Yeah, yeah. You and I were without Christ. Our foreparents were without Christ. Being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, being aliens, we had no share in Israel's wealth. You know what that means? There's some, some states, I think Kentucky is a commonwealth, Massachusetts is a commonwealth state. That means that all of their resources belong to everybody who's there. But in Texas, we're not like that. In Texas, you got to own that land yourself, right? You got every man for himself. That's what it is in Texas. But what that means is all of the covenants of promises, of the promise, all the covenants of promise, uh, the adoption, everything was in Israel. And we were aliens. We could, not, we could not inherit that. We could not be a part of that. We were also strangers from all the covenants of promise. Having no hope and without God in the world, that was, that was our lot. We were no hope, no expectation, no covenant with God, no phone line with God, as it were, no communication with God. He said, but now in Christ Jesus, that was, other was very bleak, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And he says in, in verse 19 of the same chapter, now therefore, because of Christ, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So we are now citizens of heaven. We have a birth date in heaven. We have a birth certificate in heaven because we are born ones of God. We are born of God. Wow. See, Christianity, this is not a pipe dream. This is not something we made up. Because even if, we, if I made it up, all of you who have the witness in you haven't made it up. I haven't made it up and you haven't made it up. This is from God to us. And there are men and women who go, I don't believe it. That's terrible. But so God is showing us something, that we are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. So what the Bible says to you and me, that we are family members. That means that we're not just adopted, we are born ones. Adoption has to do with coming to God as an adult son or daughter, adult, and having rights and privileges to operate in God's family business. That's what adoption has to do with. Hallelujah. But we have a birthright in the kingdom of God. And so Paul goes on to say a couple of things. 
He said, we're, we're part of God's family, having been born. In verse 20, he says, we having been built. So you've been also born, but you've also been built. And that's why difficulties come. That's why trouble comes. You know, trouble, when trouble comes, you have to face that stuff. Face that stuff. Be strong in the Lord. You know, stop being a wimp, you know? Don't be a wimp. Don't, you know, you're strong in the natural money. I can hurt you. I, 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 you don't should have known me before I knew the Lord. I'd, I'd, I'd wipe you out. No, that's weakness. That's not strength. Strength is, is, is accepting wrong. Strength is being like Jesus. Jesus could have wiped them all out. He said, I can pray now, right now. My, my God, my Father will send me 12 legions of angels. But that's not his will. I don't want the 12 legions. And anyway, Jesus didn't even need the 12 legions. I mean, I mean this, is a, this is big stuff. I'm really excited. Forgive me if I'm too excited. But this is amazing. And so this amazing Jesus, we are, we are, we're born of him. And he says that we have, we've been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together, uh, joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built. We have been built, and we are being built. Isn't that great? For a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Wow. This is huge. Thank you, Jesus. So he says, we have been built on the foundation, that is, of the apostles and prophets. It doesn't mean that we are built on Matthew, Mark, uh, uh, I mean, Matthew, Peter, uh, James, John. We're not built on them. We're not built on them. We're built on the Christ they, they taught. And he says, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. In other words, Jesus is the one, the angular stone, he is one that holds the building together. And so what Jesus is doing, he is holding us all together. Amen. Let, let, let me give him a hand, yeah. I, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to, to make an end, but let me just sum up things for you. The thing that, uh, about this message that I'm trying to get to, and I'm going to give you a peek into what I'm trying to get to, I'm, I'm trying to get to God's plan for you to indwell you throughout eternity. Uh, that's what I'm trying to get to. I wanted to show you how he does it from the foundation Christ to the building Christ. And then now you are growing. You are a growing building. You are a growing building. It, it does not mean that, that uh, you were not uh, sufficient when you were a smaller building, but the building grows and grows and grows and becomes stronger and stronger until one day all that God intended and planned for you and me, we're going to be. We will have become that. We will have become righteous. We will have been totally made uh, holy or sanctified because God's desire is to not just live uh, behind the scenes, he, 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 he was not just satisfied with living in unapproachable light. See, God lives in unapproachable light that not one of us can go to. But he sent Jesus out of that to show us who he is. And now what he's going to do in the ages to come with all of his creatures, every one of us, all of us who are in Christ will be, as it were, if I may use the, the expression, we will be fully saved. 
And that means that there will be nothing in us that should be out of us. And there will be nothing out of us that ought to be in us. We'll be like the Son of God. This is what God promises. This is huge to me. And so I can't be casual. I can't, I can't be cool about it. That, that this is what God wanted for me. And so, the, so Jesus Christ will forever be the expression of the God who, who cannot be seen. But he will live in the visible through Christ in all of us forever and ever. That, that's big to me. That's what God is doing. When Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus rose from the dead a spirit man with a body. A spirit man with a body. He became a life-given spirit. That means that that's your future, to be just like Christ. That's your future. You will never be Christ in that uniqueness, but you will be like him. And then you will forever be God's dwelling place. That's what God wants for you. I hope that's, that doesn't bore you. I hope that's not so mystical. That's what God wants. Amen. Every one of us, every one of us who leaves this life, we're going to be God's temple. He's the temple, but we'll be the visible. That's what Jesus is about. This is not just some little get out of hell card. This is huge. Who is sufficient for this? Who's worthy of this? I'm not worthy of this. I'm just grateful that he chose me. Amen? Amen. I want to thank you for staying with me. Your future is so amazing. Your future is so amazing. Throughout the ages, we will be kings and priests unto God because we are born ones of God. Principalities and angels being subject and knowing God through his children, through his family. Thanks. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, you don't know him, I want to give you an opportunity to know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, it's not something great, difficult. All you have to do is just say, you can say in your own words, Lord, I don't know you, but I want to. And he'll take that. And if you don't know him, just raise your hand. And I'll pray for you where you are. If, if, but I want to see your hand. And I'll pray for you where you are before we dismiss. If you don't know the Lord, you want to. You said, I want to know God through Jesus. Jesus is the only way to know him. Just raise your hand and leave that up just until I see it or somebody sees it. Okay, there's a hand up there. Yeah. Thank you so much. And there's another hand. I see another one. Is there somebody else? Anybody else? I see another hand right there. Another hand. Is there another hand? Anybody else? You know, don't, don't leave here. Don't leave here like you came. I mean, if you're a smart person, 
you're smart in this world's stuff, you'd be smart enough to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I mean, it's the coolest thing that will ever happen to you. I mean, you hear us talking about it. We're not all crazy, folks. You're not going to find as many crazy people that are not in some kind of institution. So we're not crazy, folks. We've had, we've had an amazing and remarkable experience with God, and we're excited about it. We want everybody to know. We want you to be reconciled to God. Amen? Well, super. I'm going to pray for you. Why don't we all stand together, and I'll pray for those, those who raised their hand today. Now, those of you who raised your hand, I want you, I want you to come back next week and let us know who you are. And um, come back and let us know who you are. We want to give you a Bible and talk to you a little bit. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for those who raised their hand who are coming to you. I pray that you would guard them as they leave today. I pray that you would so guard them that the enemy will not be able to take what was sown in their hearts away. I thank you, Jesus, for being so good and, and such an amazing Savior. And I pray, that those, I pray that those who had some concern about maybe my, my zeal for you or, or just my excitement, I pray that that would not damage them. And I pray that they would yield to you and know that, that God is spirit. It doesn't say God is a big brain and all that kind of a thing, or God is intellect, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So I ask you to bless those who raise their hand and cause them to come back again as, as strong as they were when they left today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.